Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet we are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. When I hear that scripture read, and as I've sat in it all week, I can't help but think of how relevant it is for right now. To hear Paul in verses four and five be able to talk about calamities and riots and afflictions, all of the things that he listed, it feels like he's just describing a different month of 2020. Since 2020 has had no chill and it doesn't appear to stop anytime soon. And it just reminds me that the Word of God, the Bible itself, is so relevant for us today that what we need more than anything is to hear God's Word in this moment right now. And we believe that this is God's Word for us today, and specifically those last two verses. The title of my message actually comes from that last verse. And the phrase that he uses, widen your hearts. That's what God is after for you and for me and for us as a church right now is that we would widen our hearts, meaning that he wants to expand the capacity of our souls to experience and to give God's radical love, to expand the capacity of our souls so that we can experience the fullness of God's radical love, but also that we could give God's radical love to the world around us. Because Paul recognizes that as you begin to face obstacles, the temptation is to restrict your affections, to shrink back, to go into survival instinct mode. But his exhortation is to not let obstacles restrict you, but let obstacles become opportunities for God to begin to widen your capacity and your souls. He says, I'm not going to put any obstacle before you because I've already faced these obstacles, and I know that there is no obstacle that can stand in the way of God's work in and through me. 
And so I want you to be able to see every obstacle you face as merely an opportunity for God to do a new work, to God to do a new thing in your life. And I believe that's what God has been doing in the middle of COVID-19. Because there's been so many obstacles, it feels like. And it feels like those obstacles are not yet done. And if we allow it, when we hit those obstacles, there can be a spirit of despair or confusion that seeks to come in and discourage us. I've felt that. I've heard it in some of the questions that you begin to ask because the spirit of despair speaks. And it sounds like these questions of why, God? When are you going to come through? Are you even paying attention? Even this past week, I felt like I heard this, this is just too much. It's just too much pain. It's too much difficulty. And that was before the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled college football for the fall. But praise God and hallelujah for that NBA bubble. Amen? I'm kidding. But in reality, that spirit of despair is not something that just I've experienced or some of you. What we're seeing is that it's happening to everyone around us. The Washington Post published an article that Starting in mid-April, they saw a 1,000% increase in the federal hotlines around mental health and depression, including the suicidal hotline. Talkspace, an app that is focused on counseling through digital means, saw a 65% increase every month this year. I want to tell you that because if you are experiencing that spirit of despair or heaviness on you to the point where it feels like depression and discouragement, even if you are feeling suicidal thoughts, I say that to tell you, you are not alone. And not only are you not alone, but God has these promises that he wants to hear and remind you every time you feel that. Because his promises in Isaiah says that his hope is to make an exchange with you to take that spirit of heaviness and to give you a garment of praise. As we heard in Psalm 30 at the beginning, to take that mourning and move it into dancing, to take weeping and let it be laughter. God wants to relieve you of that. But more than just relieving and exchanging that for you, his hope is to begin to expand your capacity to experience these things. And he wants to expand your capacity for two reasons to strengthen your faith because he knows that all the trials and all the difficulties of life that you will face, you will need to be strong for the next trial, for the next temptation, for the next difficulty. So he uses this to strengthen and expand your capacity of your soul and your faith, but also to prepare you for his purposes for your life because he knows if he can widen your heart, expanding the capacity of your soul, then he can increase the ability of your mind and empower your body to do all that he has asked you to do so that you can go into your workplace. You can go into every relationship. You can walk the streets of this city with a capacity of soul that meets the brokenness of soul that we see all around us. Because church, he wants us to become a faithful remnant because there will come a time for us to rebuild this city. And it will require that we widen our hearts, expanding the capacity of our soul to meet the need of every person. And right now we need to hear the words of this passage again, that now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. God is breaking in in this moment. There's not some better moment he's waking for. He's breaking in now. 
and he wants to meet us and to widen your heart. This is what God is after because he doesn't want any of our experience of strength to be dependent upon external circumstances, but to live in an eternal connection. I love how Paul describes what all these obstacles have produced in him. They feel like these dual emotions. For him to be able to say he's sorrowful and yet always rejoicing, feeling as though he is dying, but behold, he lives as poor and losing and yet able to bless and make many rich, possessing nothing and yet having everything he needs. It's a word and reminder to us that when external circumstances become hard and difficulty, the internal hope in Christ is unchanging. And so our joy can be steady and everlasting. We can be strong in the middle of these storms. That is what God is doing. And so I exhort you, like Paul exhorts us, widen your heart. And I want to look at three familiar COVID places that God is trying to use in us right now to widen our hearts. Because otherwise, obstacles can kind of encourage us to give up. And the devil would love for us to give up at the moment when God is just getting started and he is beginning a new work in us right now. And so those three places, I'm gonna start with the first one. The first one of familiar COVID places is isolation. Isolation. We have been told from the beginning of March to isolate and remove ourselves for, to prevent the spread of this disease. I agree with that. I've done my best to do so. But I want you to be careful to not associate isolation with loneliness because loneliness is a state of the soul, not a status of your relationship. Because it doesn't matter if you're around people, you can still feel lonely. We're a city filled with millions of people, but before this happened, there were a lot of people experiencing a pandemic of loneliness. It's a state of their soul. And what God says is you can never be isolated from Him, that He will never leave you nor forsake you, so even in isolation, He can come and meet with you. The question is, have you used this isolation to connect with God or to distance yourself from him and others? Which is it? See, Paul's exhortation to the Corinthians is to, to not receive the grace of God in vain, but to receive the grace of God in victory. And that starts with a personal connection with God himself in isolation and in private. Now in these moments, he is seeking to expand your soul to receive from him. And the question is, have you taken advantage of this? I've heard from a number of you that you have, and you are experiencing new aspects of who God is, new relationship and connection with him. But I fear that for too many of us, the longer this goes on, the more we begin to distance ourselves from God and allow for the devil to lead us into despair instead of to strengthen our faith and engage with God himself. Jesus, his exhortations were often to not just depend on a public expression of faith. He often rebuked the Pharisees, the religious leaders, to not just depend on religious activity without personal intimacy. And so his exhortation was to go into the closet, go and pray, where your heavenly Father sees you and you have that intimate connection with him. He hears you and knows you and knows your needs and he connects with you. And so I have this question for you. 
what is God trying to do in you during this time? See, many of us are asking, including me, God, what are you trying to do in, in like this global pandemic and this global experience? And God is saying, wrong question. Sit before me and ask me what I want to do in you. And what we hear from Paul is that it's really an invitation of Jesus. Jesus is saying, as we read at the very end of chapter 5, come and trade your sin for my righteousness. Come and trade your rebellion and your rejection to receive from me everything you need. And specifically he's saying, I want to train you in weapons of righteousness. Did you see that, that phrase? And he lists eight weapons of righteousness. And so as you sit before God and say, what are you trying to do in me? I wonder, is he trying to work on your purity in this private space? Is he trying to work on your knowledge and really take back your mind and your thought life? All of us, it says, he's trying to expand our patience, that's for sure. But he goes on to say, is he trying to grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the power of God? These are all the things that he lists as weapons of righteousness, including truthful speech, to reject this idea of gossip and slander that we find ourselves in in community. And says, be, a, be someone who speaks truth and life. And he says, it's for the right hand and for the left. He wants you to be fully equipped in the weapons of righteousness to fight against the brokenness and the obstacles of this life. Because obstacles will not end with COVID-19. But will we allow this to be an opportunity in isolation to let God train us, to let God conform us and transform us so that we are equipped with the weapons of righteousness to go out into the world, to face every trial and temptation, every attack and lie of the devil, every difficulty that others are facing, fully armed, fully ready. My kids just got back from uh, grandparent camp where they got to spend a week with their grandparents. And, and that involved using archery and chopping down trees and using hatchets and making fires. And they said, I really feel like I'm building my survival skills, my physical survival skills. And as they were sharing with this, I just felt like God was saying to you, I'm trying to build your spiritual survival skills in this season to train you in different ways for different seasons so that you become stronger in your faith, expanding the capacity of your souls. But it demands that you widen your heart to God in isolation. Do not restrict what he wants to do in this moment, but open yourself up to him. The first familiar place, that of isolation. How do we continue to use this as a chance to widen our hearts to God so we are trained in the weapons of righteousness? But that second familiar COVID place is your quarantine pod. Your quarantine pod. This idea is the community that you are living life with. See, initially they said isolate and stay away from people. But as that affected our mental health, they're encouraging you to form these quarantine connections. A small group of people that are safe and that are taking the same precautions as you, so much so that you are living inside of community with them that you can actually take off your mask and you can actually engage in human relationships. Remember what those were like? 
this quarantine pod. In a similar way, God did not want you to stay in isolation, but to create a spiritual quarantine pod, a community where you can take off your spiritual and emotional mask to be able to talk about your mental health struggles, to talk about your struggles in sin and difficulty and your doubts to ask questions. Who are you able to take off that mask with? That's the question. See here, Paul, in those last two verses, says, I have spoken freely to you. I have opened wide my heart to you. He says, stop restricting your affections and open wide your heart to me. And by God's grace, I know many of you have experienced deep relational connections. And my question to you is, how do you go to that next level of vulnerability? Because that's where God's victory will be found. And I'm discovering this even inside of my own marriage right now, that Amber and I, have we've been able to spend time together, I've been able to talk about the mental narratives, the mental obstacles that exist. Instead of allowing me to walk in the full opportunities for God, I have been inhibited by these mental lies, these narratives of who I am and what God wants to do or what he can't do in me. And sharing that with her and allowing her to say, that's not what God wants to do in you. How do you go to that next level of vulnerability with those you are close with in this life? Now, some of you may be hearing this and you go, I don't know who that would be. And I want you to hear that it is our commitment as a church that we will be that people. We will be the ones that come alongside of you in the struggle of your relationship and your marriages or through the divorce you're going through. We will be that person that helps you walk through mental health and healing. We will be that community. And so we want you to find a community. We want to connect with you in that. So don't hesitate to reach out to Marcy to make that connection so you find the right group for you to meet you in that. Because yes, God wants to meet you in isolation to receive the full grace of God and to expand his personal relationship with you. But he has designed it that we would engage in community to be the greatest conduit of his love for us. See, earlier in the Corinthian letters, Paul says, the greatest experience of our, of our faith, our faith, hope, and love. Faith, you can do in isolation. Hope, you can have in isolation. But love requires community. It requires connection. And so God is longing for this moment to widen your heart by experiencing being loved in the middle of vulnerability and seeing victory come to your greatest level of vulnerability. What is the next level of vulnerability that you need to take with someone? How do you take off that mask? But the last familiar COVID place that God wants to do work in you and widen your hearts is the idea of the hospital. We've heard so much about hospitalizations and what's happening in hospitals during this time. And so it is a familiar kind of place for us. But I want to use it as a symbol to talk about the mission that God is going to take you on. Who are the patients that you're supposed to go and minister to? Who are the ones that you have been healed to go and heal? Just a couple weeks ago, I got to catch up with one of the women in our church who volunteered to be on the front lines as a nurse in the hospitals during COVID-19. And it was hard but hopeful to hear the stories that she was able to share to talk about the people that she was able to care for and what it was like in that chaotic environment during those times. But also to hear her say that patients and other doctors and nurses saw her as different and unique. 
that she took the time to hear their stories. She took the time to meet them in small, little, radical ways of love to the point where they said, you're a different type of nurse. And to be able to affirm that that's because of God's work in her. Because I know the the isolation story of how God has worked over these years to transform her in private. I know the community that has surrounded her and continued to watch her grow and become strong so that when she went back into that environment, she went back different because God had widened and expanded the capacity of her soul so that she could go and minister to those in need. And this passage in 2 Corinthians 6 follows Paul's exhortation that we would be ministers of reconciliation, that we would reconcile a lost and broken and dying world to a living, living and reigning Savior, Jesus Christ, that that is our work as ministers of reconciliation, to experience God's radical love and then to take God's radical love to those who need it. See, you're experiencing these difficult emotions right now, these highs and lows that potentially are confusing and filled with despair. So that when God meets you in that, you are expanded in your capacity to minister to others who experience it themselves. So that you, like Paul, can say, I've been sorrowful and yet I know what it is to always be rejoicing. I've felt that measure of death on my doorstep and discouragement and despair in my mind, and yet I still live in Jesus. I've experienced loss and becoming like that in poverty, but I have plenty and all I need and able to bless others. That I have nothing of my previous life that I love, and yet I possess everything because I have God. That what we are ultimately trying to do is reconcile a world to an eternal and loving Savior. That's what God is after. And he is seeking to empower you with these weapons of righteousness so that we can be that faithful remnant because there will be a time where God says, it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild this city. It's time to rebuild your city. It's time to help rebuild your neighbor's life. It's time to help rebuild that coworker's life. It's time to rebuild your life. God says now is the time of his favor. Now is the day of his salvation. He is coming to meet you in these familiar places that we have had over these last five, six, 100 months. I have no idea what time is now. But he wants to use those. So press in with intention. Don't just allow your days to go on without meeting God in isolation, without engaging in community to be vulnerable with your struggles and your difficulties so that God's victory could become flooding to you. And get ready to be the restorers of the street, to be the repairers of the breach, to carry this identity that God calls upon his people and gives us the power of the Holy Spirit armed with weapons of righteousness. Widen your hearts. Let's pray. Father, we come often with clenched fists ready to fight you. But now we open our arms and hands to you so that we do not receive the grace of God in vain, but we receive it for victory. So train us, heal us, and meet us where we are. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.